It's time for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. It's our weekly discussion of Nevada Tiger football with head coach Wes Beechler. Tiger Talk is brought to you by 54 Feed and Seed, 54 Veterinary Clinic, American Family Insurance Agent Jan Tate, Buzz's Barbecue, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, Ferry Funeral Home, First National Bank, MyNevadaMode.com, Nevada Auto Mall, Nevada Family Dentistry, Fearless Products, Smith Insurance Agency, Sutherland's Home Base, The Plumbing Shop, and Thorpe's Appliances. Let's now join the voice of the Nevada Tigers, Mike Harbett, for Tiger Talk. And a very pleasant good evening, everybody. Welcome to Tiger Talk tonight on this Wednesday night as uh, we are going to another week of playoff action for the Nevada Tigers. Week number 11 coming up for Nevada after a thrilling 56-41 win over the Harrisonville Wildcats in the opening round of Class 4 District 6, uh, District 6 play a week ago at Logan Field. 97 points, I'm sure not what was on head coach Wes Beecher's radar going into that game uh, combined, but uh, Nevada had the bigger total. That's all that matters. We're going to come back and talk about that. And, of course, later on we'll preview this week's district semifinal contest against the Elias Crusaders. The one thing that Coach and I can guarantee you is this will be politics-free during the next hour. We'll come back and get things started out of this timeout on Tiger Talk. As you drive west of Nevada, you'll find a quaint town called Deerfield. It's real easy to locate. Look for Emory's Truck Stop on the south side of the road. It's the place where all the farmers eat and have great conversation. With daily lunch specials, breakfast served all day, steak night Friday and Saturday night after 4, they have a full menu and the convenience store has all your favorite grab-and-go items. Don't forget about the 24-hour gas is available. So come out to Emory's Truck Stop in Deerfield for great food. Call for takeout at 966-7272. That's 966-7272 to Emory's Truck Stop in Deerfield. The Plumbing Shop in Nevada would like to announce that they are your Navian hot water dealer. Navian systems offer more output for the money, lower installation costs, and lower operating costs for the homeowner. The Plumbing Shop also specializes in mostly commercial and new home builds. For a new Navian system in your commercial property or residential home, contact the Plumbing Shop at 417-667-1319. Keeping you out of hot water by keeping you in hot water. Peerless Architectural Windows and Doors builds windows that go from Fort Scott, Kansas to skylines across America. They believe in providing the best products made in America by Americans. Specializing in high-performance aluminum windows and doors for multifamily, office, schools, military, and historic projects, they are engineers pioneering new technologies that drive bold advances in window designs. They are industry leaders offering unrivaled products and capabilities. Peerless is helping America in the race to an energy-efficient nation. Kyla, know what I love most about our community? What, Sabrina? Our schools? Well, yes, we have great schools. And our beautiful parks. I do love those, too. Historic buildings? Those, too. You know, there are a lot of things that make this community great, but most of all, it's the people. Of course. And what I love most is getting to help them every day. Yep, that's pretty great. Great Southern Bank, proud to be part of our great community. Member FDIC. And we are back on uh, Tiger Talk tonight. Again, thanks for joining us on this uh, Wednesday evening. We'll continue to do these Tiger Talks until the uh, season comes to an end, whenever that might happen to be. Hopefully it's not for a while yet. Uh, the Nevada Tigers getting ready for their district semifinal contest on the road in Jefferson City against Elias Catholic uh, coming up the Crusaders on Friday night. There are some things we need to tell you about that you're going to need to know in regards to that program, uh, that ball game, both attendance-wise and broadcast-wise that will fill you in on in just a little bit but uh, first of all coach welcome to the program how are you all right good mike thank you uh, you're getting over here when it's dark 
it's a little different <laughs> making the drive in the dark, but uh, yeah, it's 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 good to be. You know, we used to talk a lot about November sunsets. You know, when you're when the sun's setting, when you're on the practice field in November because you're in the playoffs. That's always a good thing. So it's it's fun to be back doing that again. Absolutely, and uh, I was just going to say things got to be pretty fun right now. Uh, you know, especially obviously I don't want to go back in history, but when you talk about having to rebuild things over the last couple of years, uh, uh, it's got to be a fun. It's got to be fun to be a part of this right now. Well, I'm just, it is, and, and I'm just happy for our kids. Um, you know, again, a lot of adversity and, and a lot of frustrations the last couple of years, and, and these seniors definitely deserve this kind of season, and they've worked hard to make it happy. You know, and that's, that's one thing, uh, you can, um, you can do a lot of, you can do a lot <laughs> of, yeah, you can do a lot of things that, uh, um, you have to do a lot of things right in order to, to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back to doing something like this. So, uh, just happy for them. They've, they've, since June 15th, we've talked about it quite a bit. They've done things right. They practiced the right way. They've been focused during practice. They've come out in games. And, you know, the, the, the funnest part about coaching this group, Mike, we talked about with the boys today after practice is I can, I can call a play maybe we haven't worked on in practice for a week or two. It, it's, I didn't expect it would be there. It's there in a game. Uh, one that comes up is the, is the fly 11 G pass against Seneca. We haven't ran that a lot this year. It was, and we completed for a touchdown and, and the same thing, um, defensively too. We can make adjustments at halftime and the kids pick that stuff up pretty well and go out and execute it pretty well. So that, that, that's part of their being focused in practice. We can add wrinkles and change little things and, and they're locked in enough to pick up on it and do it. Well, 56-41, before we get into the highlights, 56-41, uh, Nevada over Harrisonville last week. Was that the, was that the kind of game you envisioned going in? No, it wasn't. You know, I, I, I thought that we could move the ball on them. Um, I, that didn't surprise us. And, and we knew that their running back would get some yards. Um, we didn't know he'd get quite that many. Um, but, uh, I, I would have, if I was a guessing guy, I would have guessed, uh, 35, 24, uh, you know, uh, a 30 to 23, something like that. I never would have, I never would have guessed <laughs> a 56, 41, but, uh, really good night for us offensively. A lot of guys stepped up and played well, uh, including the offensive line again. And then our defense didn't play their best game, but they made a lot of big plays when they had to. So, uh, took a team effort. Special teams stepped up and played pretty well again. So, Pretty good overall team effort. Yeah, well, was there a time there when when the two teams were swapping scores back and forth? We hear center thing. I don't know if we can keep this pace up. Well, I actually, said <laughs> so on the sideline one time, I, I I remember making the comment, man, I don't know, I don't know if we can keep scoring at this pace because it. Uh, I think that's when yeah, it was like was it. 30, 35, 30 or something yeah, 30, like that. It was 36, 27 and 36, 35 when yeah, I scored. It yeah, it might have been when it was 36, 35. I was just like, man, I don't know if we, you know, if we can keep that, that's on pace for, you know, <laughs> 56 points. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, there was, there was a, there was a time there where it was like, man, we gotta, we gotta be able to keep knocking this thing down because we're going to, we're going to have to shut them down or, or keep scoring at a high clip there. And, uh, fortunately we're able to do that. Yeah. And the good news when it was 36, 35, you actually scored the next three touchdowns, which we're going to talk about here in just a bit. In fact, let's go ahead and move into the highlights now as uh, again, a wild one on Friday night at Logan field and, uh, on a, on a soft field, certainly, uh, after all the rain that week, but it looked like it held up pretty well Friday night. It did. You know, um, Thursday when we're out there, it was, it was pretty sloppy. Friday being a little bit breezy and having a sun on all day made a big difference. 
Well, Nevada was able to get the opening kickoff, and again, uh, Harrisonville actually won the coin flip. They deferred to the second half, so Nevada got the ball first. Didn't take him long to get the ball downfield, as in fact, it took exactly one minute to drive down the field and provide the first score of the night. Third down and three yards to go. Veda trying to strike first here in this Class 4 District 6 opening round ball game. Playoff action underway. Receivers left and right. Denny to the left, Heinley to the right. Handoff goes right guard to Cheney. He busted through, gets to the five-yard line. End zone, touchdown. 11-yard touchdown run. Eli Cheney breaking tackles through the middle. Then the Tigers on the board. Nevada leads six to nothing. Well, if you're going to lose the coin flip, that's a good way to start things off. Well, I mean, Mike, we've been really good run this year. I think now in 10 games, we scored on the script um, eight out of 10 games. So, uh, and that's the familiarity the kids have with what we're doing to start the game. I think we work on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And they execute the plays really well. Uh, good, good, solid run there by Eli. Eli did break some tackles there. But, uh, again, a nice job by the offensive line. Um, did not go exactly as planned. The, the the first play, we really thought that would be a wide-open pass play. And, of course, Dylan did have the fullback open and mm-hmm. flat and chose to run it for, like, about 29, 30 yards. So that didn't turn out quite the way we thought it would go, but we'll take 29 or 30-yard runs. And then uh, just to follow up with Eli, you know, punching that in, uh, that, that was huge for us to, to start the game that way. And Harrisonville has an interesting philosophy on kickoffs, uh, and uh, it's a it's – a, it's a high-risk-reward type of deal where they choose to onside kick a lot, not in normal situations, and either I guess they're going to recover or they're going to give up good field position, and that's what you got at the beginning of the ball game, good field position. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Coach Miller could answer this question directly, but I, after he talked about it a little bit, I, I watched a little bit more of that, and I think I watched every kickoff in two games, and it's always some kind of onside. Rarely do they kick it deep. There's usually some kind of onside. And they got at least one per game that I saw. I don't know how many more they got throughout the year. But, um, yeah, I guess they're willing to roll the dice to if, if they can steal a possession or two a game. I think it's worth it. And, and our kids did a really good job of being prepared for that and, and getting the recoveries. Harrisonville did come back and eventually tie the game up late in the first quarter in a 59-yard touchdown pass from River Riley to Kennedy Atkinson. Uh, tied the game at 7-7. That's when the fireworks really started to get get underway. Nevada picked up four turnovers on the night, and the first of those came early in the second quarter when Noah Beshore sacked Wildcat quarterback River Riley and forced a fumble in Harrisonville territory. That was recovered by Scotter Meshek. At least I was guessing it was Scotter, and uh, that's what I thought it was. And it took Nevada just two plays to convert the turnover into points. Second down and 10. Nevada coming to the line of scrimmage. Ten minutes to go here in the first half of play. It's tied at 7-7. Made it trying to retake the lead here. Second and 10 from the Harrisonville 37-yard line. Working the far hash mark. Run the reverse. Back to Kate and Denny. Turns out Philly's got running room. He's at the 35-yard. Jukes back to the inside. He's in the open. He's at the 20. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown run. 37 yards. Kate and Denny. And the Veda retakes the lead. And Kate and Denny with a big run on the uh, on the, the reverse. Back on the handoff from Eli Cheney. And uh, the 37-yard touchdown run. at 14-7. First of all, first of four turnovers. Uh, Great job by Noah to to get the strip sack and then uh, recover that ball before it went out of bounds. Well, I mean, he, Noah does a really good job when he's on that backside and that quarterback rolls away from him. He does a great. I mean, he's got a great motor. I mean, he's he's deceptively fast. I don't you know, I don't know how if I would call him really fast. But Long legs. He's, yeah, he's he can get there in a hurry. I think a lot of times quarterbacks are kind of you know looking things over and kind of not going full speed out there, and he'll run you down. And he does a great, really good job of raking the ball out when he gets there from behind. So. It, Kudos to him on that one. Nevada got the uh, extra point to make it 14-7. to 7. That was with 9.48 to go in the first half of play. 
Harrisonville come back, though, score on a 16-yard run by Jace Reynolds, who had five touchdowns on the night. They missed it. They actually get the two-point conversion to take a 15-14 lead. However, it didn't take long for Nevada to retake the lead. In fact, it took exactly one play out of the Harrisonville kickoff with Caden Denny reaching the end zone for the second time. First and 10, Nevada coming out of the Harrisonville timeout. Inside handoff goes to Caden Denny. Looking for runner. He's got it. He's going to get down the near sideline. It's a foot race now. 30-yard line of Harrisonville. The 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Nevada. Tigers retake the lead. Tigers retake the lead on a 70-yard touchdown run by Caden Denny. Kind of had this thunder and lightning thing going this year. That was lightning right there. And I don't, I, I've lost count how many one-play drives you've had this year. Uh a quite, a, quite a few. I think the defensive staff would rather have us have those eight-play, eight-minute drives. But, um, yeah, Caden's explosive. We all know that. Um, just happy for him after, you know, suffering a knee injury early last year and, and missing all but, I think, basically a quarter or a quarter and a half of his junior season to, to bounce back the way he has and have the senior year he's had. That's that's tremendous for him. And, obviously, uh really helps our team out with his ability to do that because you you have to know where he's at at all times if you're playing defense against us because if you one guy misses or takes a bad angle it could be gone. Nevada did not get the extra points. So it was a five point lead at twenty to fifteen. Harrisonville again would turn around and score one yard run this time again by Reynolds two twenty eight to go in the half two point conversion no good for Harrisonville so they had a twenty one twenty one twenty one twenty lead as the seesaw battle continued late in the first half. And with a couple minutes to play, coming out of a timeout in the ball for Harrisonville 20, the Tigers took the lead before heading into the locker room at this time, going to the air. And I mentioned the timeout because, as usual, the officials don't give me much time for commercial breaks, and uh, so we get there a little bit late. Beesler back to pass, wide open, right side of the 10-yard line. Touchdown! Touchdown! Noah Beesler! Touchdown pass for 20 yards. Dylan Beesler with a touchdown pass. He hits Beesler at the 10-yard line. Wide open. He does the rest. Untouched in the end zone. And Nevada retakes the lead coming out of the timeout. Yeah, I apologize to the boys. It's not going to get you better <laughs> the rest of the night. The, the cold air was getting to me up there in the booth uh, on Friday night. So, But at any rate, uh, the... The touchdown pass from uh, Dylan from Dylan Beesler to Noah Beeshore, one twelve to go in the half. I put Nevada back on top, twenty eight to twenty one. And uh, Noah getting not only did he have the strip sack, but now gets his first touchdown of the year. But big big score going into halftime. Yeah, it was, and um, it almost didn't come to be. I don't know if you remember Mike on that one when Dylan was rolling out. He got past the DM, but the outside linebacker sniffed it out and came up, and Dylan was able to stiff arm him and get around the corner and then throw the ball. So yes. that that was yeah. uh, that great was stiff arm. Bill mentioned that on the color, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that really. I didn't know he had a stiff arm in him, so he must have been <laughs> hanging around working on that with Cheney because Cheney's the master of that stiff arm. But um, yeah, that that was a good play and. I'm happy for Noah. He, he he had a case of the drops a little bit early in the year, and then ever he threw his he refuses to wear his gloves on offense mm-hmm. now. And I don't think he's dropped one since he quit wearing the gloves. So, <laughs> uh, good moment for him. And like I said, a, a young man whose motor is always going is nice. A game in the end zone. Harrisonville will come out on their first possession of the third quarter. Reynolds again reaching the end zone, 28 yard run, two point conversion though no good. So Nevada maintained the lead at 28-21 in the third quarter. Nevada picked up a fourth and two in Harrisonville territory to keep a drive alive. Nevada eventually had the ball at the Wildcat 11-yard line and on third and ten extended the lead once again. So a big play here for Nevada. Really got to either get in the end zone here or really cut this distance down here. Third down, about ten to go just outside the Wildcat 10. 
Harrison was showing a blitz, but the handoff goes left side to Caden Denny. He found running room with the middle, and he found the end zone. Touchdown. 11-yard touchdown run for Caden Denny. And Nevada extends their lead to 34-27 with an extra point coming up. Well, he- and we'll continue to move on as we got a lot of highlights to get through here in, the, in Harrisonville. But again, come back and score and this time with early on. In fact, the first play of the fourth quarter, seven-yard run again, Mr. Reynolds. Two-point conversion was good, and that cut Nevada's lead down to one at 36-35. to So, uh, by the way, let's go back to actually before I move on. I should I meant to mention this. You meant you, when you took the lead at 36. I'm getting myself all messed up here, but 36-27. You took the lead. You were going to go for a single-point PAT. They got an encroachment call. That moved you to the one-and-a-half. You decided to go for two. A lot of coaches do that. turned out to be a great decision because it puts you up by nine and a two-score lead. First time either team had a two-score lead. And I mentioned on postgame, I thought that was a big point in the ballgame. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great that we had that opportunity. And I think I I don't know that I've ever failed to not do that, Mike, when we get somebody to jump to, to go ahead and go for the two. And then obviously in that situation when you had a chance to make it a two-possession game from a yard and a half out with some of the backs we have and the way our offensive line is played, I think that was a pretty easy decision to make. Yeah, I want to make sure I mentioned that. Then again, Reynolds uh, scores to get Harrisonville back within one at 36-35. And that was with the two-point conversion. So that two-point conversion for Nevada proved to be key at that point. However, we get to the fourth quarter. And Nevada starts to really get things cranked up. Trey Moore entered the game for Eli Cheney at tailback in the fourth quarter. And the senior rose to the occasion. It started with a second and goal from the Harrisonville three-yard line. Moore will stay in at the tailback position. Denny lined up as the right wing back. Balk is the blocking back at fullback for Nevada. 6.23 on the clock. Back to Moore. Right guard trying to muscle his way in there. Down to the one. Yes. And touchdown, Nevada. Touchdown called by the line judge on the near side. And Nevada gets six on the board. Seven-point lead with 6.16 to play. Yep. PAT no good this time. So Nevada had a 42-35 lead with 6.16 to go in the ball game. And then uh, during Harrisonville's next possession, Cheney and the Nevada defense came up with possibly the difference maker in the game in the latter stages of the fourth quarter of play. So first and five here for the Wildcats. Direct snap back to Reynolds. Cheney, ball comes out, ball batted around. Who's going to get it? Nevada has it. Nevada recovers. Reynolds fumbles the football. Nevada recovers. The Tigers have it. First and ten at the Harrisonville 30-yard line. And that was only the third of four turnovers you were going to pick up during the night. There's another one later we're going to speak about. But uh, big, big play. Uh, Eli getting the, getting the helmet on the ball and then uh, Jace Lee with the recovery. And it, we we preach a lot, Mike, about getting to the ball. Even, even if you're not going to get on the tackle, you need to be running towards the ball because that you create turnovers when you do that. And so Eli um, was able to pop it loose, and then Jace, as always, running to the ball, was there to, to get the recovery. And again, they made a converse the turnover into points. Basically a second and eight from the Harrisonville 18-yard line and a 14-point lead. Second down and eight for Nevada. And goes three more. more. He's going to bust it through for a touchdown. 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 Nevada. 18-yard touchdown run. Trey Moore breaking tackles. Coming out of the timeout. And Trey Moore gets it in the end zone. Not a knockout blow yet, but it's awfully good. Anytime you hear the music bumper coming out of a play that I'm calling, it means I am rushing to get back out of a timeout. And we got in just in time for that second touchdown run by Trey Moore. And, uh, again, Nevada was able to extend the lead at that point up to 14 and uh, really kind of start to take command of the ballgame, 49-35. Still, though, 4.22 to go in the ballgame. Certainly no time to feel comfortable yet. Well, I mean, the way their offense, how explosive they are, there there wasn't really, like you said, it wasn't a, a time to be, feel comfortable. We really felt like we had to, I mean, at at that point, I remember actually thinking we it, we need to get a stop and then just 
grind the clock out. And, you know, scoring again wasn't in the forefront of my mind, but just getting the ball back and running the clock out at that point. But, um, well, good things happen sometimes. Good things did happen. In fact, on the ensuing Nevada kickoff, the Tigers scripted it down the field, and Harrisonville failed to come up with it cleanly. Nevada recovered the live ball, the Wildcat 31-yard line. Tigers eventually got to the Harrisonville 8-yard line. Sorry, still dealing with this drainage. But uh, Nevada eventually got to the Harrisonville 8-yard line, where Moore finished off the trifecta with his third fourth-quarter touchdown. These are just staring at that play clock. He'll let it hit five before he gets serious here. Now he barks out the signals. Thomas again in motion. Hand off Trey Moore. He's at the middle. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. That's the knockout blow. Yeah. Trey Moore with the touchdown run for Nevada for eight yards. He has scored three consecutive touchdowns, and that one should do it. 55-35, 3-12 to go in the ballgame. Nevada leads and appears to be on their way to the Class 4 District 6 semifinals. And the extra point made it 56-35 at that point, and Harrisonville would score late. Reynolds getting his fifth score of the night, a three-yard run. Extra point no good. And I made the final 56 to 41. But, uh, well, you got to have guys step up every once in a while. And that happened on Friday night when, uh, Eli goes out with the injury. Uh, Trey Morris steps in there. Four fourth quarter touchdowns. Nice for that senior. Yeah. Three, three fourth quarter. Oh, is that was, I'm sorry. Three fourth quarter touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, um, I think he did a nice job. Ty Thomas also did a nice job. Um, we didn't really talk about, but, um, Caden Denny was cramping too, so Ty yep. came in and, and held the rope for him and had a couple good runs in there. But yeah, um, we talked to our kids a lot about just being patient and, and putting team first. And Trey did a good job of, you know, being ready on the sidelines. And then when um, Cheney got a little banged up, he came in the fourth quarter and, and did a heck of a job. He also ran some wing back in the fourth quarter as well. So um, just waited his time, stayed locked in. Stayed supportive of his teammates, and when he got his chance, he was he was ready to roll. So that's always good to have those guys um, understanding their role and, and ready to step in and do great things when they get the opportunity. So many again, just like the just like the Aurora game, so many things to pick out for for big plays, and, and there were so many of them. It's kind of hard to pick one out. Probably the fumble recovery that with the hit by Cheney, recovered by Jason Lee, probably had to be the big one, but. You had, what, three turnovers you picked up against Aurora, four this past week against Harrisonville. Your defense, although they have, they gave us some points, they are still, as you said, coming up with those big plays and, uh, and coming at crucial times. Yeah, and they're, they're just so much more disciplined. Of course, you know, we could write some of that up. Let me finish that first thought, Mike. They're so much more disciplined than last year. And you could chalk some of that up last year to, uh, inexperience in youth, but, uh, Right now, they're just doing a great job of being ready to play football um, and really doing a good job of being where they're supposed to be, getting to the football. And good things happen when you got a lot of bodies getting to the football. And when the ball does come out, we got a better chance to recover. I remember last year and the year before being a little bit frustrated of their team put the ball on the ground. We wouldn't have very many guys close to the ball to give us a chance. So just, just the way they practice every day and the way they play in games is, is fun to watch. And you're going to create some turnovers for yourself when you play that way. Well, the defense could probably be forgiven to give up, uh, giving up a few points and a few yards to a guy by the name of Jace Reynolds who, who came into the game with over 2,200 yards rushing on the season and, uh, 26 rushing touchdowns on the year. And, uh, he, he, he's, he's only a junior 
I don't know if you'll have to see him next year, but he'll be a handful if you do. And uh, but he's he's a special running back. He is special. I, I think somebody was saying something. About he has a younger brother that's in eighth grade that mm-hmm. they say is better than he was in eighth grade. So I, I mean, I, that would just be tremendous. But really, a solid ball carrier, tough to bring down, runs the good pad level, and and much like Denny and and some of our backs, Eli, he has a pretty good combination of speed and and strength. So he he can run over people or stiff arm people when he gets to the edge. He can he can take it to the end zone in a hurry so really really good running back and uh, a tough guy to defend well you uh you managed to pick up 367 yards on the ground over 400 yards of total offense and uh, uh again not a lot of passing yards but effective passing yards for your offense well i mean that's you know mike we talk about that a lot i think um 2017 we averaged a little over 10 pass attempts per game um had a pretty good quarterback, Braden Hinton, tossing mm-hmm. the ball around back then. And usually we're going to hit in that, you know, five to seven pass attempts per game. But we want them to, we want them to be off of, I always call it run action because we're such a heavy run team. We want to, we want to have that play action game and then be able to hide the ball and get out and, and, and get some, some quick hit pass plays. And we've been able to do that pretty good this year. I, I didn't look after this game, but I know coming into the game, uh, we were completing 69.7% of our passes, which is what you should expect to complete when you're basing that off a of run action type plays. So done a good job of getting a lot better in that area as well over the last couple of years. Right now, 66, in case you want to know. All right, there, 60, there we go. <laughs> 66% on the season. Caden Denny, 190 yards rushing, uh, the three touchdowns and, uh, uh, I would certainly would be forgiven to be a little, maybe a little frustrated after the injury to the knee and trying to get back and hadn't maybe accumulated the yards that he thought he might uh, during the course of the season. Certainly, you know, sometimes you, there were a point you had to put him just in a spot duty until so he kind of got back a little bit more full strength. But uh, I'm sure he had to be very happy and as well as with his offensive line to uh, to get back near 200 yards. Now I won't say he's accustomed to that, but but we've seen those kind of nights from him in the past. Yeah, I think he, he was close to 200 week one uh, against Rogersville. So uh, w- one thing I really like about Caden is he is always really quick um, to thank his offensive line, his fullback, and his quarterback for getting the ball clean. And you know, every now and then Dylan will, will, will get a snap off his shoelaces or something, and he still manages to get up and get it to Caden in time. So Caden's real appreciative of the guys around him. In fact, when he, he found out that he was uh, all-conference, of course, he missed I think he's easily all conference first if he doesn't miss three or four mm-hmm. big eight West games there in the middle. But, uh, now as soon as he found he was all, all conference second team running back, I don't have any social media, but, um, either Dylan or Drew told me that he shot out real quick thanks to his offensive line. Everybody's blocked for him and, mm-hmm. and helping him attain that. So real gracious to the people around him. And, but boy, I mean, he's a talented young man, just has a great combination of speed and, and you want to say size, that's not really the case at 160. Um, I think he told me today he's up to one, pushing 165, but that's still not a very big back, but he's physical for his size. He's pound for pound strong and he's a, he's a good strong back that, uh, can run over people on occasion and, and outrun most people he comes across. The, uh, you mentioned the low snaps. You had several of those, uh, on Friday night and, and we're able to get away with it. But, uh, when you, and when you're getting ready to face a team like you're going to face this Friday, I'm sure you're trying to get that cleaned up. Well, you know, one thing that I always tell our quarterbacks is you, you never want to mention bad snaps during a game because you can get in the center's head and, um, they've looked really good this week in practice. And, you know, sometimes I think it's just a, a, a thing where Jackson has it, who's, who's done a really good mm-hmm. job. We, we've, we've, 
I, we haven't had very many like fly over anybody's head or anything. So that's that's always good when you don't get get him sailing over the quarterback's head. But uh, yeah, only, it, only on a punt. That's the way yeah, it works yeah, out. Yeah, okay. well, we, that was just the way we designed it. But uh, Jackson's done a good job. I, I think that. Uh, he'll be fine on Friday night, but yeah, it's it's a, it's always a concern um, when your snaps get a little erratic. But they haven't been that erratic. They've been, you know, mm-hmm. I think any quarterback will tell you anything ankle height or higher, as long as it's not rolling across the ground or above their helmet, they, they can pretty much field it. So Jackson's been real consistent there. Yeah, it helps when your quarterback's what six four. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> Got that from mom, right? Yeah, no, that's you're thinking of the wrong one. You're thinking of the you're thinking of the cornerback. Okay, okay, the quarterback's okay, like okay. six foot, so okay. you, you got them confused. You get their names mixed up once in a while. Now you got their, their frame mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be down to one next year for a while. For a while, well, for yeah, a while. For, that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it'll be one, one from here on out. Yeah, this it. one won't be in there. Till, yeah. uh, Fifty-six forty-one Nevada over Harrisonville on a Friday night. Big, big win for the, the Tigers as they get a chance to play on home at Logan Field and get that first round district uh, get that first round district contest. And now get ready to hit the road Friday night, traveling to Jefferson City to take on the number one ranked team in the state of Missouri in Class Four, the Elias Catholic Crusaders. We'll come back and break them down after this timeout on Tiger Talk. It's cold outside, and it might be time to think about visiting Sutherland's home base of Nevada. With all sorts of products from power tools to remodeling items, they have everything you need to get those indoor projects done. Plus, always remember, Sutherland's home base is the right place to find what you need no matter what the temperature. Great products, great people, low prices. Sutherland's home base, 2101 East Austin, Nevada. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse is more than just barbecue. They offer a full menu in-house and can customize limited menus catered specifically to your needs. They are open for an incredible dining experience and will do curbside orders as well. All servers are wearing masks and all employees are going the extra mile so you and your family can have a great meal. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse wishes the Nevada Tigers good luck in tonight's game. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse at 2500 East Austin in Nevada. Call 667 Seven. Eldorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment offers repairs and service on many machines they sell. No matter whether you need assistance finding the right part, they can help you. Their motorcycle shop repairs, maintains, and services motorcycles, ATVs, UTVs, scooters, pit bikes, dirt bikes, and go-karts. They do routine oil changes to diagnosing complex electrical issues with years of experience with various major brands from Eldorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment located at 3270 South Highway 32 in Eldorado Springs. Missouri. When it comes to choosing the best insurance company to protect your life's most valuable possessions, trust one of Missouri's oldest and strongest mutuals, CFM Insurance. I'm Monty Smith, owner of Smith Insurance, and I am proud to partner with CFM Insurance, who's provided strength, stability, and exceptional protection for Missouri families since 1869. I'm confident that together we can build your perfect CFM homeowners, farm owners, or countryside policy to protect what you've worked so hard to achieve generations to come. Let's grow together. Call 417-667-1828 for a quote or stop by our new office location at 100 South Pruitt Street, Suite B in Nevada. At Nevada Auto Mall, we understand that not everyone wants to spend a whole lot of money on a vehicle. That is why we do our best to trade for quality, inexpensive vehicles. These vehicles then go through our world-class service department so they can be ready to go. Come check out this local one-owner 08 Dodge Nitro SLT 4x4 for just $59.90. 
This vehicle has been maintained in our shop since day one and is ready for you out here at Nevada Automall, the place where you get your deal. Welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, Double K Country, 635 on a Wednesday evening. Mike Carbon with you, the voice of the Tigers. And, yes, my voice has recovered. I <laughs> thank you for all the concern this week I've gotten. But uh, a lot of fireworks in the last Friday night's ball game, and so uh, it kind of got a little worn down. But uh, ready to go Friday night, and I know the uh, Tigers will be as well as they get ready to take on the uh, Crusaders of Hawaii's Catholic. The number one seed in Class 4 District 6 got a first-round bye. As that uh, number one seed, Nevada will make the trip to Jefferson City. They'll be playing at Helias at uh, uh, Ray Hengis Ray Hengis Stadium. A uh, legendary coach in Central Missouri. Uh, assume it's his son now coaching, Chris Hengis, uh, same last name. But uh, they'll be at uh, seven o'clock kickoff on Friday. For, while I'm thinking about it, a couple of things you need to know, and I guess you can talk about this if you like. Uh, coach, but uh, uh, I want to make sure I do this before we get to the end. Normally, I'll do these things at the end of the program, but I want to make sure while we have everybody's attention, if you haven't seen our social media or uh, Nevada High School or our story that came out uh, today, there is limited ticket, avail- ticket availability for this game. There's much stricter uh, COVID restrictions in Central Missouri than what we maybe have over in this part of the state. Uh, so each school has been limited to 400 tickets for this Friday night. And, of course, the uh, student-athletes and their families are being taken care of first. If there are any, and, and the cheerleaders and their families as well, uh, the band's not making a trip. But if, they are, if there are any tickets remaining after that, then uh, Nevada High School will release information on how those can be picked up. But I want to make sure you do, do not drive to Jefferson City on Friday and expect to be able to buy a ticket at the gate because it will not happen. Uh, they are not, they are not planning to sell tickets at the gate, so you need to make sure that uh, you are, if you if you don't get one, then we'll, of course we'll have it on the Vedamo TV on Friday night. Yes, uh, the mission mandated pay per view will be there, uh, but again, it's just ten dollars uh, for the night, and uh, or you can catch it on a radio, of course, on ninety seven point. When we will be on FM this week with Liberal being done uh, last week, we will be on ninety seven point five FM KNMO plus our audio streams. As well on Friday. So plenty of ways to, to catch the game either for the video or on audio. But, uh, obviously a little bit of an odd situation to have to deal with. But this will be the first time. It's kind of interesting. We haven't had to deal with the, this actually until now. I really thought we would have been dealt with this ticket limited or limited access uh, or limited attendance way before what we've had now. Uh, so far we've, other than Rogersville, which was 50, 50% capacity, we've been able to avoid it. But, uh, I'm sure, you know, that's just one thing, <laughs> one more thing on your plate, I guess. You have to deal with this uh, this week on a ticket allotment well yeah it's um the, the players each got a, a specified number of vouchers mm-hmm. and then they can give those vouchers like you said mike um to to parents and siblings and things like that and then you have to take the voucher up there with you turn the voucher in and pay five dollars which it right. went up a little bit um from last week yeah. as well mm-hmm. so uh and then like you i think you just alluded to that uh the there will be some any vouchers that are left over after that to reach our 400 will be um, available at the school. I'll be tomorrow afternoon, but we, I just, I told the players to just make sure that the vouchers that you hand out are people who are going to go yeah, because it exactly. would be, it would, it would be uh, frustrating and a little bit disappointing if, if the people who wanted to go didn't get a voucher and there was 50 or a hundred people that had vouchers and didn't go, didn't mm-hmm. make the trip. So, um, Hopefully, we'll have a good following up there. I know there's some students that we're talking about today in class about trying to make the trip. So, hopefully, we can 
we can get those vouchers in the hands of the people who are going to attend and, and to have a good turnout. And it's important to know that each school has 400 vouchers. It's not like Elias is going to fill the joint up and there's going to be 400 uh, Nevada people there. It's actually probably a much worse situation for Elias than it is for Nevada playing at home. Yeah, I'm sure the, you know, they would have drawn a bigger crowd. Obviously, being at home, and you know, I don't, I don't know what their enrollment is compared to ours. It's not, it's not a tremendous amount bigger. I know it is bigger, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it it it, it definitely uh, um, probably complicates them things for them a little bit more being a home game for them. All right, so that takes care of the administrative stuff. Let's jump into the game itself. Uh, again, now you, anytime it, you know you see a number one ranked team in the state and uh, number one seed in the district, it's obviously for a reason. That's a good football team you're playing on Friday night. It's a real good football team. I, I think probably the biggest thing is, um, you know, people who are familiar with Big 8 football will understand what I'm talking about here. It, it's kind of like a Cassville, Lamar, Monette type of defense. Um, really get a lot of guys to the ball. They're really disciplined. And we've talked about it here before, Mike, sometimes more disciplined teams are easier to break down because you know they're going to react to certain things the way they're supposed to because they are so disciplined. But the other side of that is they're very disciplined and they're very good at what they do, and so that, that makes it challenging as well. So it's, it's kind of a double-edged deal there. It's um, There's some advantages, but there's also some great disadvantages to playing a team as fundamentally sound as they are. And then offensively, quarterback is a great balance of running and passing. Um, probably their best ball carrier is their quarterback, so they'll look to get him the ball and, you know, speed option, things like that, quarterback powers or quarterback ISO, if you want to call it that, or a blast type play, and then maybe even some trap plays and counter plays for the quarterback. Um, then also has the ability to throw the ball and, you know, a good size, not, not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we face some really big offensive and defensive lines. They're not huge, but they're, but it's a good sized offensive and defensive line that's very physical. And really like to get up field and cause problems. So hopefully we can take advantage of some of the things that they do well. They they average 44 points a game offensively and uh, give up just over 15 points a game. And they don't play a light schedule. And so uh, 44 points a ball game, that's obviously presents a tremendous challenge for your defense. You know, will be. And we we talked about this week. You know, having to be disciplined and getting our reads and our, our guys have picked that up. Uh, you know. Seeing everything from, you know, uh, tight end sets to empty backfield is going to be <laughs> what we're going to see. So it's, it's going to be a challenge just getting lined up and being locked in. I think our kids are up for that. They, uh, the video I saw today against Cardinal Ritter, there was, a uh, um, uh, they ran a lot of spread formation, three, four uh, wide outs at a time. Uh, but while, while doing that, they also depended on the run quite a bit, run pass options. You mentioned with, with the quarterback and Jacob Weaver, and uh, a lot of times he just keeps it himself. What makes what makes him an effective runner? You think? Well, I just think that his ability to throw, you know, so you've got to respect that part of his game, opens some things up for him, and, and again, the the quality of play of the offensive line, and just you know when you have backs that good, um, there's going to be you you've got to take away what they do as well, and that's going to open a few things for the quarterback. So yeah, just a. A challenging offense to stop, as you can tell, 44 points a game. And like you said, it's not a light schedule. It's not a bunch of soft teams they're playing. Um, so it'll be a challenge for sure. But our kids have practiced really well, and uh, we'll just we'll go out there and uh, give them heck. You know, we're going to have our our super sophomore secondary back there this week. So it'll it'll be it'll be a challenge. Talk about grow up quick, Drew and Drew and Cade and and be sure and Blake Cox. We're going to be back there. Uh, 
Drew Beachler and uh, and they're going to have their work cut out for them. The the super sophomore secondary. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope we can just call them SSS and they're not crying SOS for the night's over. But they'll they'll step up and they'll do fine. They played well all year and we expect them to have a big night helping us out. And yeah, the limited uh, video that I saw, I, I I did take note of the two of the running backs, Alex uh, Alex Clement or Clement uh, number uh, five for you and uh, and Ryan Clark twenty five uh, again for your reference. Uh, neither one of them big at all, five nine, five six uh, for the two of them. But they, they in the video that I saw, they maintain their feet real well. Yeah, they they keep their feet churning pretty well. I, I can't remember what game it was, Mike. I was watching. I don't, I, I don't watch a lot of pro, but it may have been a pro. But I was watching a game this weekend, and the the uh, running back hit a pile. And somebody grabbed him high and spun around. Well, when he spun around, he kind of did like a wheelbarrow type move and landed on his feet again and took off and ran for a touchdown. And uh, I don't remember what, what, what game that was. I think it was a college game, but, uh, that's what kind of what they remind me of. They're built low to the ground. They keep their feet churning and you better make sure you're on them and they're down the whistle blows before you give up because they will fight for every yard they can get. Defensively, uh, talk about them. What do you expect to see? Uh, again, uh, when they, you know, when they play so many spread teams, uh, probably they play a lot of spread teams. So probably a little bit difficult to try and figure out what they're going to do defensively. But I took special notice of, uh, the middle linebacker, Isaac Lopez, number 32, uh, well over 100 tackles on the year. Yeah, he's, he's a solid player. The one that jumped out at me was 42, plays some inside backer and some outside backer. Um, but yeah, those two will, will definitely jump out. You 70 on the, on the defensive line. And I know you're, you're you're the you're the media guy, so you you know names. I just know numbers and know who we got to block <laughs> and who we who we got to try to run away from and run at and et cetera. But the linebackers, we noticed, uh, you know, our offensive staff that when uh, when they do face teams, and we saw a couple teams that are similar to us. Obviously, Scott Bailey is up at Jeff City now and and run still runs some of the stuff he did at Lamar. He some things are a little different, and then um, there's a Lutheran. Um, school that they played that runs uh, like our heavy set. And we noticed against teams like that, the backers are fast, slow, and downhill right now. They're, they're not setting and reading. If they get a pull or if they get a, a full flow in the backfield, they're flying to the line of scrimmage right now. So um, they're really disappointed in setting back against spread teams, but they are really good at attacking the line of scrimmage right now when they go against power run teams. So it'll be it'll be a challenging night uh, and it'll be an interesting night to see our offense, which is going to try to shove it down your throat against the defense that's going to try to counter by flying into the line of scrimmage. So there's, there's going to be a lot of collisions on the line of scrimmage, and uh, hopefully we win a few of those. Ethan Holzhauer, Holzhauer I'm, I've got a, I'm going to spend about three days. Well, i got two days left, I guess, working on some of these names. But uh, Ethan Holzhauser is uh, the, the 42 you were talking about, and Dylan, uh, Dylan Kopp, the defensive tackle, uh, 6'1", 240. Uh, when you take a look at them, this is a team that went nine and two a year ago. But from what all appearances looks like, they got pretty much most everybody back. This is a senior loaded club. Yeah, um, senior heavy, and you can tell. I mean, just watching them play, Mike. You, you know, um, my my first couple years at Republic, I remember going against Webb City, and that's when Webb City was just nails on defense, and they just fit together so well. And that's what they look like on defense. It's not like there's one guy you can pick on that's going to make a mistake and leave a gap open. You're going to have to earn your yards because they just all fit up where they're supposed to be, and uh, it'll it'll be a challenge. But, you know, we, Mike, we've, we've watched on film before this year, and, and hopefully we can do it one more week at least, but we've seen on film where we're like, man, it's going to be tough to move the ball on these guys, and our kids have done it. We've come out mm-hmm. there and executed well and moved the ball, and I, I think 
we have not failed to get at least 150 yards of offense every game this year. And so all right, we just need to continue to play that way and, and attack them and get after them and see what happens. I was going to say, who's the, who's the team that's been on your schedule you think is closest to them in ability? Would it be Cassville? You, it would be Cassville with Kane and Kid. You know, the Kane and Kid 23, that was the first mm-hmm. team um, linebacker in the Big 8 as well. In fact, I mean, we knew it was going to come down between him and Jace for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, if, if Cassville would have had him, that's the kind of defense I would compare him to. Just, just fast reading, quick to the ball, uh, and, and high energy team. Well, uh, uh, we talked we talk about this off air before coming back on out of the break. It seems like such a minor thing, but it's, but it's certainly out there and something that uh, your defense will not be accustomed to. If you watch much uh, college football at all, then, you know, the rage is uh, now to, to do the clap and then look over the sideline uh, for the play. This is exactly what Elias does. So how much time do you have to spend with your team to make sure their defense, anyway, to make sure they're not too anxious when they hear that first clap? Well, there's a, you know, you try to discipline yourself to not go by voice projection or anything like that. So a clap shouldn't be much different. We try to get our guys to lock in on movement, you know, and, um, some people probably disagree with this and this is part of the business, but we don't ever watch the ball. Mm-hmm. We try to get our kids to watch the ball. You need to watch your man because when your man moves, you need to go. And, uh, so hopefully we're disciplined in that because that, yeah, they will get up there and they'll go sit. And then they'll they'll clap, and then they'll all stop and look over to the sideline and get reset again. So, uh, I I think that's just we've ran into teams before that have done that, but just not utilize the clap. So hopefully that clapping doesn't throw us off. But you know I know our go to start our cadence get gets teams to jump a little so bit. So you've been very good at that too. this year. You've got a lot of free yards that way. Yeah, and so I I think that you know it's just one of those things that we got to be locked in and and, and be disciplined and and handle that correctly. Should be quite the the game coming up on Friday night, and uh, you know when you approach this game, um, you know and going into it, uh, you know, everybody can read the, the news. Everybody can you know there's all this online thing, and everybody knows you know how good this team is. So what is the message to your team going into the game on Friday night? Is it just is there we're a, we're in a situation where uh, we're in a no lose situation here, or, or how, what's the message to your team going in? Haven't really talked about a lot, Mike. You know, um, we talked a little bit tonight about the opportunities there before them, and, and you've got to take advantage of these. Cause I, you know, I told them last night, I remember saying that you're never guaranteed this opportunity again. Obviously, seniors are not. But I said, underclassmen, I said, all kinds of things can happen. You're never guaranteed to be in a semifinal game again. And, uh, so you always got to take, take advantage of your opportunities. And we've just, we've continued to talk like we always do about executing. We got to do things right. Keep our feet moving on the offensive line. We got to be reading quick. We got to get, we got to get aligned and then know our assignment on defense. It's just, we, we just have to execute and you can make games a lot bigger than they are just by, by blowing them up and talking about the big picture. Every one of our young men has to be able to lock in and do his job on each and every play for 48 minutes. If we do that, Mike, we've done that all year. You know, I would argue uh, that if we were healthy 100%, I, I think we possibly beat Lamar. I think if uh, the only game where I feel like we didn't play well at times more than just a here and there was Castle. I think I feel like we Castle came down and scored. We came back and answered, went ahead on a two-point conversion, and then I just don't think we played up to our level. But I think every other game we played really well. And, you know, the Seneca, the last 20 seconds bit us in the rear. But, um, I think we had a really, we have a really good shot right now. Honestly, we, we could easily be nine and one if we stay healthy the whole year. And so we just have to continue to do the things that we need to do on every snap of the football. And that's, that's successful football right there. It's not big plays. 
It's not stuff here and there. It's if you do the best that you can do on every single snap in a ball game, you're going to you're going to be per, you're going to put yourself in a position to win a lot of games. And we've been able to do that this year. We just got to do it again on Friday night. You've had experience playing teams of bye weeks uh, already this season because of the COVID situation. Now, a little bit different situation here where Elias didn't know who they were going to play, so they had to wait till after last Friday's game to get probably to get prepared. Although they might have looked at video on both, but. Uh, is, can there be advantages to the fact you played a week, uh, playing a game with a bye week? I think, uh, you know, hard, there, there, there can rhythm be, goes. yeah, with, with high school, with young men in high school, it's, it's hard to tell, Mike. You know, I, you know, we were faced with that decision, um, when we weren't sure there was one week and I, I, I kind of remember, I'm not 100% sure, so I won't mention the week, but there was one week where we thought we might have the other team not be able to play us. And we sat in the coach's office one day and talked about the pros and cons of trying to schedule somebody else or taking a bye week and getting healthy. So if, if you're banged up, that, that bye week is always kind of a, you know, if, if we got some guys with sprained ankles and such, you know, maybe go a little bit lighter on the contact, do a lot of mental reps, do a lot of walkthroughs uh, and get kids healthy. But I, I think at the high school age group, you, you kind of want to keep rolling. So I'm not so sure a bye week is necessarily a great thing. We played well against teams that have had bye weeks. Uh, I think we're, I think we're two and one against teams that had a bye week before they played us, I think. Yeah, you, well, you lost to Seneca, beat McDonald County, and uh, Aurora you beat you. Yeah, yeah, so I think we yeah two and one. So Did Aurora um, have a bye week? I'm trying, I, I think I'm wrong on that one. Yeah, actually. that I, might be. So it might be yeah. one and one, but, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. The thing is, um, defensively, they're probably fairly prepared because, as most people probably noticed, we were similar to Harrisonville offensively. So they, they probably picked some of the plays that we all did similar and worked against those. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to tell whether the bye week, uh, you know, like you said, they couldn't just focus on us for two weeks. They had two opponents mm-hmm. to kind of concern themselves with. So, But it does give them extra practice time, you know, the ability to, to sharpen some things up. And uh, that may be an advantage, but sometimes setting out for a week's not an advantage. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling turnovers will be key in this game. You know, you're going to have. You maybe you're going. You, defense has been outstanding in producing those turnovers here lately, and that probably needs to continue this Friday night. Yeah, it, it would. It would be very beneficial if we could continue to do that. Uh, I think the other thing um, is we have to continue to take care of the ball. We've done a good job mm-hmm. possessing. My way. I mean, I, I'm sure I haven't looked back on last year. I know our interceptions are way down from the last couple of years, and I, I'm pretty sure our fumbles lost are down from the last couple of years. So uh, Coach Smoot there with the backs does a good job of ball security. Uh, Coach Howard's done a great job with Dylan. Dylan's improved immensely uh, in his second year under Coach Howard's coaching at quarterback. So just in his decision-making. Um, so hopefully we, you know, we take care of the football, and hopefully we can force them to, to be a little careless with it a few times. Health-wise, uh, you're in pretty good shape. I mean, uh, some people, obviously a lot of people know that Eli set the fourth quarter last uh, last week. Uh, he had a little bit of a got dinged, dinged up a little bit. So other than that, uh, how are you doing? How are you doing this week? Well, you know, it, pretty good. You know, it's football. You know, we had we had one offensive lineman got his ankle stepped on, not really sprained or anything, but got his ankle stepped on when he was on in, in the bottom of a pile. And um, I, I think Eli is going to bounce back fine. Um, it's just, I mean, it's football, and it's and it's week 11, and so you go back to practice. It's week 13 of the season, <laughs> um, and anytime you do that, it, it's going to be, uh, you're going to be a little bit nicked up. And you remember those days, Mike? I tell you, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I would never trade it for anything. And you know, sometimes people will. Uh, fortunately, I, I missed one game my entire high school career due to an injury. It was a very minor one. It's probably a precautionary set out. Um, I know nobody really cares about that, but mm-hmm. I bring it up because I, I would have. There is no doubt that I would play high school football all over again. Mm-hmm. And I think 
all of our kids feel that way. They they wouldn't miss out on a season like this for nothing. And so you know, a little dinged up, a little banged up, you're going to be. But you know, I'm I'm going to guess your knees are a little sore, your ankles a little sore at the end of a basketball season. Get get towards the end of baseball, your shoulder if you're a pitcher, and your elbow might be a little flared up. So it's just part of playing sports, and it's part of being a young man. And uh, the, our kids do a great job of fighting through those aches and pains, and still playing good football on Friday night. So we seem to continue to do that. You had a little bit better week for practice this week, certainly weather-wise, than last week. It had to be nice uh, to get out there and uh, with uh, 65, 70-degree weather this week as opposed to last week. But uh, two-fold question, obviously, you get a lot more done, obviously, in that kind of weather. And also, i got to imagine, when you get ready for week 11, practice is probably a little bit different than it would be maybe in week 4 or 5. Yeah, it's always fun preparing for week 11. The nicer weather helps. Although I think we have a few guys that might be a little on the crazy side that kind of <laughs> liked, you know, the last two years, Mike, on, on, on week 10, both years on week 10, we practiced in rain and less than 40 degrees. And I think some of our kids are actually out there just eating it up a little bit. So, um, it's, it's just fun to watch some of them hoop and holler and, 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 you know, I guess they're making memories there because they'll, they'll never forget week 10, their junior and senior year. The seniors won't, and I'm sure the underclass remember it well. But, yeah, 35, I believe it was 35 degrees and raining uh, on Tuesday last week. And then this week it, on Tuesday, it was the sun was shining. It was 73 degrees, so 40-degree difference. And factoring wind chill, probably a 50-degree difference in temperature from one week to the next. So, yeah, it was a, their ability to lock in and focus and your, your ability to practice and think about the practice rather than thinking about your footing and, and the, you're, you can't feel your fingers and your toes yeah. and things like that. It sure helps a lot. Well, and I asked you this last week if uh, the players, and it's an interesting age group uh, when you get to, when you're dealing with these, this age group, I guess. But I asked you last week if, uh, when they got to week 10, they knew district play was starting. If, uh, if, uh, you know, you can see anything emotionally with them when they realize, okay, playoffs are here. Now they got that first playoff win behind them. They're getting ready for, uh, to make a long road trip, see a very good football team on Friday night. Can you see that in their, in their actions this week? Have not noticed any difference. One, one thing I'll give them credit for is they've been pretty even kill the whole year. You know, obviously, they were pretty celebratory week one down at Rogersville. As it turned out, you know, Rogersville ended up, I believe, seven and three yeah. or something like that yeah. on the season. So it was pretty, they won the East. They won the big AD. So pretty solid football team. And so I get that after all the frustrations and, and the, and the things that didn't go well and, in 2019. So, but they've, they've been real. I mean, every Monday when we went out to practice, I really admire these young men for this. It's been the start of another week and they've just got locked right back in and moved forward. And it's a lot to be said for the senior class and their ability to lead in that aspect as well as some other areas that they've been really strong in. Should be a great one. Friday night, seven o'clock, uh, game time at, uh, again at, uh, Ray Hingis Field in Jefferson City, right there at the campus of, uh, Jefferson City Elias Catholic. I'm in the center of town. Looking forward to the trip on Friday. We're going to come back more and talk about the, the broadcast plans a little bit later on. Also, we'll come back and take a look at what else is going on in class four, district six. We'll do that after this time out on Tiger Talk. You're at a place you'd like to write a check, but you know if you do, you'll get grilled. Do you have a driver's license? Do you have a job? A social security number? Why go through that? Use your debit card. It's easier and more convenient than writing a check. The First National Bank, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Now with ATM locations at Murphy's USA next to the Walmart parking lot, Wood Supermarket at 1407 West Austin in Nevada, and the First National Bank on the Nevada Square. Hi, it's MyNevadaMode.com again, reminding you we are Nevada's Community Bulletin Board. 
We post current and upcoming community events, government phone numbers from city to federal, a business directory, a parks and rec page, and school activities. Speaking of school, MyNovatorMo.com would like to congratulate our students and our sports teams. Our Tigers demonstrate the spirit, sportsmanship, and values that make this country great and make Nevada a great place to live. You make us proud on the field and in the classroom. MyNovadaMo.com is rooting for you. Hey, this is Annie with Orbs. Did you know channel master antennas receive high-definition and digital signals over the air from a span of 180 degrees and up to 80 miles of range to receive local channels? Thorps Appliances is your local authorized channel master dealer that also installs. Come check out our line of smart TVs and Roku streaming devices to enhance your viewing experience. 32 to 75 inch screens are available and are as low as $229. Call Thorps Appliances at 667-8787 to schedule a free quote today. Thorps, your home for any approved appliances. Hey Nellie, why do you look so sad? Oh Grace, I'm just having trouble getting to the Christmas spirit. I know what you need, a trip to 54 Feeding Seed. That place just screams Christmas cheer. Come to 54 Feeding Seed and see how we have decked our halls. There are over 20 amazing trees and each one is beautifully decorated in lights, ribbon, and an assortment of ornaments to suit every Christmas fashion. Don't hesitate. Get to 54 Feeding Seed today. Back on Tiger Talk, our final segment with Tiger head coach Wes Beachler. Before we take another break and then come back and wrap it up with the uh, broadcast plans for Friday. But uh, the only only one other game played in Class 4, District 6, Friday night. As, uh, of course, it's the semifinal week. And that has the uh, Bolivar Liberators, who got a first-round bye, playing at home against Warrensburg. Uh, again, uh, Warrensburg winning their first-round game last week, 58-14. Both of them with fairly identical records. Bolivar would, uh, well, I say that, and... Uh, uh, Warrensburg seven and one, Bolivar seven and two, uh, going into that matchup. Bolivar losing to Glendale and Waynesville, uh, during the course of the year. Waynesville is two and six. I'm not really sure how they did that, but at any rate, uh, seven and two, uh, for Bolivar and Warrensburg at, uh, seven and one going in. So I'm sure you haven't paid any, any mind to either one of them at this point, but, uh, any early thoughts on that matchup? I have not seen either one play on film, and um, we did see, gosh, we saw Warrensburg against somebody earlier this year. Um, don't matter who that was, but, uh, yeah, don't really don't have any idea about either one of those, and uh, hopefully we'll get the opportunity to look at one of them here yeah. next week. Absolutely. And to, and to do that, what do you think is, uh, well, I always hate to ask this question, but I do it anyway. What, do you, what are the one or two things that have to happen for you on Friday night to get that opportunity next week? Well, we already talked about the turnover thing, Mike, and I think also our, our offense has to possess the ball. They're, again, we're facing an explosive offensive team. We know that our defense has played well um, this year, but any help we can give them by sustaining drives and, and working the clock will be beneficial. But uh, I think the turnover battle, which I know is cliche and it's an easy coach way to answer <laughs> this question, but I think that's we've we've won that battle most games this year, and and we got to continue to do that. But I think our ability to move the football, we're going to have to be able to move the football on offense and have some sustained drives in order to to stay with the team. It's this explosive on offense and this as sound as they are on defense. It's going to be you know, it's is it pretty much keep away on Friday? I try to keep their offense off the field. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know if it's keep away because I mean our our defense has made some big plays at times. But yeah, we want we want to limit the amount of snaps they get and the amount of possessions they get. So yeah, it, to some degree that's that's what it might look like. Well, and, and it seems to be one of those games where. Uh, you want to certainly want to, you know, you talk about their explosiveness. 
Uh, and this is one of those games where if you get two touchdowns down, it's going to be make it obviously very difficult a team of this caliber. It will be, you know, and and uh, you know, like it or not, we're not built for that. You know, um, us scoring fifty six last week is is not typical. We're we're usually going to be in that twenty five to thirty five point range. Um, every now and then we'll have games where we we can really everything's clicking. But yeah, we're not. We're not a spread it out and throw it around the yard and try to score quick type of team. So we've got a we've got a ball control and, and ground and pound and, and keep things rolling. Do you say uh, you watch a lot of the video? Do you, does is Elias facing an offense in your offense in your schemes this week that they don't normally see? Well, the, they faced a couple teams that are similar to what we're trying to do, but I don't think they run the offense as well as we do. You know, one of those teams is is. Uh, where Coach Bailey's at now, and it's his first year there, so they're not clicking like they normally would be in a Coach Bailey second, third, or fourth year. Uh, another one, you know, is a is a team that their coach is in their second in his second year there, um, and they're probably not running the offense quite as well. So th- this will be the first time they see an offense like ours or similar to ours that is in their fourth year of running the system and, and does a pretty good job of running it. Well, we look forward to it. And as we as we uh, we talked about last week, uh, obviously it, there's no doubt it's a it's a good challenge. And uh, but both teams are going to lace them up and go. And as we said last week before we recorded your pregame show, if we get the opportunity to go, we'll still make the trip. That's right. And uh, <laughs> you know we play them wherever we got to play them, and we'll travel wherever we got to go. And you know, like we talked about off air there a little bit, Mike. It's an odd year. Normally, I think we'd be traveling south mm-hmm. to like a uh, Mount Vernon or Seneca, or they'd be coming up here to us, depending on how the seeds lie, and we'd probably be class three, but it's not a typical year. But it's a year that we've uh, been able to navigate fairly well. We've, we've been impacted the last couple of weeks, especially with some special teams and other things with uh, quarantines and things like that. But uh, we've navigated it pretty well, and, and we'll go up there, and, and we'll put our best 11 out there on both sides of the ball, and, and we'll line up, and we'll play football, and we'll see what happens. Should be fun. It'll be at 7 o'clock on Friday night in Jefferson City at Elias Catholic High School. By the Tigers against the Crusaders of Helias in the Class 4 District 6 semifinals. We'll come back and tell you about the broadcast plans after our last time out on Tiger Talk. At Nevada Auto Mall, Danny Deals and his crew are already in the holiday spirit, so they're going to run a zero-down payment sale. That's right, you can drive home in a vehicle with zero out-of-pocket with approved credit. Come check out this 2019 Ram 1500 SLT Crew Cab with lots of extras that was $31,999. You'll save over $7,000 because it's now $24,998 or $366 a month. Deals like this and more are going on at Nevada Auto Mall, the place where you get your deal. 5.9% Four months with approved credit. Twice a year is a minimum. You owe it to yourself. A checkup with Dr. Travis Jackson at Nevada Family Dentistry. New patients are always accepted. Call today for an appointment at 667-3006. Nevada Family Dentistry offers you the highest level of dental care available in a warm, comfortable environment with services for all ages. They are now your local source for dental implants. Open Tuesday, 8.30 to noon and 1 to 5. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8.30 to 1 and 2 to 5. Nevada Family Dentistry, 667-3006 at 402. To East Walnut in Nevada. Think you can't afford life insurance? Think again. You might be surprised at how affordable it can be. 80% of Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. Maybe it's time to swap a few small expenses for some big peace of mind. Life insurance can protect what matters most, and it's the right thing to do. Let's talk today. For details, contact your American Family Insurance agent, Jan Tate. Call 417-667-2035 or stop by 906 North Osage Boulevard in Nevada today. 
Ferry Funeral Home is proud to have served the Nevada and surrounding areas since 1925 and continues to be locally owned and family run. Ferry Funeral Home is also a proud supporter of the area's youth and Nevada high school athletics. When times are hard and you need a kind hand with a familiar face, count on Ferry Funeral Home for the sincerity your family deserves. Ferry Funeral Home, three generations finding a better way to help. 301 South Washington in Nevada. Find them fast in names and numbers. It is time to wrap it up here tonight for our Nevada Tiger Talk program. We will have at least one more Tiger Talk with Tiger Head Coach Wes Beecher. We'll keep going as long as the season keeps rolling. So uh, we'll be, but we will certainly be back here next Wednesday night at 6:05. Uh, special day, actually Veterans Day is next Wednesday. Let's look at the calendar. So Veterans Day is next Wednesday, but we'll do the uh, Tiger Talk program uh, next Wednesday night at 6:05. But uh, Coach, until we see you next week, uh, look forward to seeing you in Jeff City on Friday and. Uh, uh, go get them, and we'll look forward to talking about another one next week. All right. Thanks, Mike. Tiger Ray Coach, Wes Beachler. Don't forget, we will have the broadcast for you on Friday night. Airtime is at 620. We'll have that for you while we're on both sides of the dial on Friday. With Liberal being done now, we'll have 97.5 FM KNMO, as well as AM 1240 KNEM, or audio streams at com, And, of course, live video coverage on NevadaMoTV at NevadaMoTV.com, sell signal willing, and uh, we'll have that for you. On Friday night, again, airtime at 620. Nevada Mo TV again this week. Mission mandated will be pay-per-view. And uh, I've been getting a lot of questions about that. And uh, if you have any questions, as long as I'm here in the office, I'll be happy to walk you through it. It's really not that difficult a process. Uh, but, uh, I, and by the way, I would suggest that you do. It is, it is available for purchase now. Do not wait until 7 o'clock Friday night to try to make your purchase. Because invariably I get, I get text messages saying, how do I do this? Well, I'm a little busy at 7 o'clock on Friday night, <laughs> so uh, it is available for purchase now. I highly encourage you, if you're going to do the uh, pay-per-view on NevadaMoTV.com, you do it in advance, so then you've got that all done, and then when you go back for the broadcast on Friday, all you have to do is log in and start watching, and make it'll make your life a whole lot simpler, I guarantee you. But uh, if you have any questions on that between uh, uh, tonight and, well, tomorrow, actually, not tonight. Don't call me at home tonight. But uh, tomorrow, if I'm in the office and you have questions, feel free to get in touch with me. I'll be happy to walk you through it the best I can. But that'll do it for tonight's program. We'll talk to you again next week at 6.05. Until then, for Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler, I'm Mike Harbett. Thanks for joining us for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Tiger Talk is brought to you each week by... 54 Feed and Seed, 54 Veterinary Clinic, American Family Insurance Agent Jan Tate, Buzz's Barbecue, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, Ferry Funeral Home, First National Bank, MyNevadaMo.com, Nevada Auto Mall, Nevada Family Dentistry, Peerless Products, Smith Insurance Agency, Sutherland's Home Base, The Plumbing Shop, and Thorpe's Appliances. Join us next week at 6.05 for Tiger Talk on your source for sports in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas, AM 1240 KNEM and 97.5 FM KNMO in Nevada, Double K Country.